0: Hi there, you're listening to the Trinity Community Church podcast. TCC, a home for you. All right, good morning. Welcome to Trinity Community Church. I'm Pastor TJ. You're happy to be here today. From the looks of it, you survived the holidays. How many of you ate way too much on Thanksgiving Day? How many of you have learned the beauty of stretchy pants? Right? Just keep eating, baby. Stretchy pants, right? It's good to see everybody here today. Welcome to everybody that's online. It's good to have you with us. Uh, We are starting to engage in the holiday season. Before we get rolling, just a couple things to remind you of. Uh, Ty mentioned Christmas trees. The well is actually open today. So if you'd like a Christmas tree and some cocoa or some coffee, you can go down and get it. Um, Trees are limited this year, so get them when you can. Second... We also have a podcast. How many of you know we have a podcast? If you like the audio stuff, we don't just do our video stuff. We have a podcast. If you go on Apple or wherever you get your podcast, look for TCC and you'll get our stuff. That way you can listen to it and break it down and pass it along to your friends. All right. Um, I don't know what your holiday traditions are. Sometimes when you talk about Thanksgiving and you talk about things like your family, it evokes different responses in people. Some of you, when you think and you hear the word family, you go, ah, family. And some of you, when you hear the word family, you go, huh, family. Right? All of us have those weird people in our family we don't know what to do with. And all of us, you know, some of us, we have the other times where we bring our family close. It's interesting to me, we have our traditions just like everybody else. um, How for us, the holidays remind us of who's not with us anymore. And it's also times for us to say hello to new people in our families. Maybe it's a new grandbaby. Maybe it's, you know, somebody that's been welcomed into the family through marriage. It's interesting to me how the holidays kind of put things back into perspective as far as um, our lives and how we're connected to each other. Don't forget, the only thing that we have that's eternal is each other. Your stuff someday will be somebody else's stuff. All that stuff that's in your garage, in your basement, that you can't live without, when you die, your kids are taking all that to Goodwill. Am I right, kids? They're like, uh-huh, all of it. Your most prized possessions, heading right out the door. Uh, we were uh, kind of talking about family and, uh, and reminiscing of, of how it's funny that, you know, we were the young bucks. Uh, you know, I remember we first got married, Robin was the baby of her family, and I was sitting around a table one day, and one of our friends or somebody just had a baby, I was talking to my mother-in-law and and I said, I said, ma, I said, someday, I said, you know, you're going to be a grandma too. And she looked at me and she never, she'd always speak real nice. She looked at me, she says, TJ, at this rate, I'll be dead before you give me a grandbaby. I realized at that moment, the clock was ticking. I was on the clock. Well, lo and behold, we were in our mid twenties and we found out that we were pregnant. You remember when you had your first baby and you don't know what to do. You don't know what to expect. You know, we didn't have podcasts. We didn't have the interweb. We had these things called books. Everybody say book. And I remember we didn't know what to do. And somebody gave us this book about this thick called What to Expect When You're Expecting. How many of you read that book? Right? And this is, you know, to prepare you because here we were wide-eyed. We had no idea what we were doing. You know, we just, we, we just knew we were having a baby. Young, 20 years. This is us. This is, that's Tyler Harris, the one that was standing right here. That's Tyler Uh, Right there. And I remember, um, you know, we were trying to prepare ourselves. I remember the hospital offered classes. You know, how many remember the breathing classes? (laughs) We were to prepare for that stuff. We had the, the breathing classes, the feeding classes, the changing the diaper classes. We did all the class stuff that we could think of. But beyond the books and the classes, we had another endless resource to help us in our parenting adventure. We had other people's advice. We had family people's advice and church people's advice. How many remember getting advice from your relatives on how to raise a baby? Some of the people that would give you advice, you wouldn't trust them to take the trash to the curb at night at your house. But they're telling you how to raise your babies. You remember this? No, 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 put the socks on. No, 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 take the socks off. Give her a hat. No, hats kill children. We didn't know what to do, we were terrified. I remember sitting there, you know, Robin was getting, getting bigger, and I remember thinking to myself, we're getting close to go time here, you know, I don't know what to do. And it's funny, all the books you can read, all the books you want, you could talk to all the, by the way, look, how much Aquanet do you think had to happen in Robin's hair to get it that high? <laughs> Welcome to the 80s, that's all I'm going to say. Actually, that'd be the 90s, that would be the 90s. And I remember um, with all the advice and all the books and all the stuff that we had, none of it prepared me adequately for the moment when I held my son for the first time. It just didn't. How many of you can relate to that? Everything changed. When Tyler came out, everything changed. I thought I understood what love was, I didn't. I had a kid that now was completely dependent on me. This weight came over me, this authority, understanding that I'm responsible for this little guy with no hair, with his big head. He was, came out, he was just a head, that's all that he was. <laughs> Almost like a cartoon, two little arms, just a head. Nothing could prepare me for his arrival. I remember as we grew as parents, you know, the second, the third one, they were easy peasy because we knew what to expect But that first one. There was something special about that first one. Kind of reminds me of um, our engagement with, with Christ. You can have people tell you what it's like to follow Jesus, what it's like to fall in love with Jesus. You can have people from a head knowledge explain to you all this systematic theology of all these things and all this stuff, but until you taste Jesus for yourself, you have no idea what to expect. You think you do, but you really don't. When it comes to encountering God, you have to really taste and see that the Lord is good for yourself. There's just something about Jesus that you have to fully experience to understand. When I think of Christmas, the arrival of Christ. I'm reminded it's the same way like when the arrival of my son came, my life changed forever. When Jesus came as a baby into our world, it changed the world forever, changed everything. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us, changes everything. And just like waiting for the arrival again of, of, of a baby, like we do when, when you see your wife getting pregnant and all this stuff going on, imagine this, mankind, Waited thousands of years for the arrival of Christ. And just like labor pains, the world was dark, it was cold. And in the midst of the pain and the struggle, Jesus came. And with Jesus came the resurgence of hope. Hope for what? Hope that God does hear the cries of His people. Hope that life can be better. Hope that God did not abandon mankind, but he still has a plan and a purpose for mankind. Do you know today that God still has a plan and a purpose for mankind? He has not abandoned us. He is with us. He's Emmanuel God with us. In fact, hope is a powerful force that still moves in our hearts today. As the church, we are the keepers of hope. We're the ones, we don't lose our mind when calamity happens. We point people to the future. And our future is completely secure in God. Amen? We're the keepers of hope. We are. Now, this hope that you and I have in Christ today started thousands of years ago. 700 years about before the birth of Christ, the world was a harsh and a dark place, especially for Israel, for Judah. It was in the midst of that darkness that God, through the prophet Isaiah, Began to put the seed of hope in mankind. If you got your Bibles, flip over to Isaiah 9, verses 1. We're not going to live here today. This is a kind of a pre-passage to get us to where we're going to go. This is Jesus. This is God addressing mankind, addressing the darkness and the loss of hope that was in mankind. He said this in Isaiah 9, 1. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. And the land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled but there will be in a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. Verse 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Now flop down to verse 6. It says, for a child is born to us, a son given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end, and he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. It's a cool passage. Now, this is one of the amazing things about that passage. Not only did God use that passage to speak hope into people about 3,000 years ago, but God is still using the words of Isaiah to speak hope into our time today, into your time, into our lives. Hope is still alive. Those words that rang true for Judah ring true for us today. Jesus is the wonderful counselor. How many of you know Jesus as your wonderful counselor? The one that helps you walk through life's problems. He is the mighty God. How many of you experience God as being mighty? Sometimes I think we think like, you got like God and the devil duking it out. And whoever's got the best day, well, then that guy just gets the upper hand. That's not the case at all. Let me illustrate this for you. This is God. And if I could put my hand under the carpet, a little lower than that would be the devil. They're not on the same playing field. They're not even in the same atmosphere. They just, they don't, they're not like, you know, it's not good and evil and there's this little line between them. God is mighty and he surpasses everything. That's the God that we serve. He's the everlasting father. What does that mean? That means that he's the father that maybe you never had, the dependable one, the one that always had your back. The one that never lets you down. He doesn't change. That's his heart for us. And then he's the prince of peace. As believers, beloved, we carry that peace. The peace that passes all understanding. We are people of peace. If you don't feel that peace right now, if you feel angst, fear, anxiety, tribulation, then you've drifted. Get close to God because God is peace. And when you are connected to the Father, when you're connected to to, to Jesus, you feel that peace that passes all understanding. It doesn't make sense. It just happens. We as believers need to be people of peace. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a sign that the Spirit is active in your life. God is all of those things. And what he's telling us today is this. If you give God a chance... He can be all these things that we talked about and more. His promises are true. So here's the question this morning. Are you living out your life from a place of hope? Or have you given up? Do you struggle? I've got good news for you today. If you're here today and, you, um, and maybe your hope is, is dry, maybe your, your cup of hope is dry. How many of you ever struggled sometimes and, and you're, you're, you're like maybe a few quarts low on hope? Right? If you're here today and you're struggling with hope, the God that we serve is strong enough, mighty enough, and loves you so much, he can restore hope. So how does that happen? If you've got your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter eight. This is where we're gonna kind of hang out today. Romans 8, 24. If you have our app, if you click on it, you get all my notes. If you have the YouVersion of the Bible, look for live events, you get all my notes. Romans 8, 24 says this. For this is the hope of our salvation, But hope means that we must trust and wait. Everybody say trust. Trust. Say wait. But hope means we must trust and wait for what is still unseen. For why would we need to hope for something we already have? So because our hope is set on what is yet to be seen, we patiently keep on waiting for its fulfillment. So from this passage, we see that true hope contains two vital elements, trusting And waiting. Now, as humans, if you're normal, most of us struggle with trusting and waiting. Most of us, we don't like to trust because we want to do things in our own strength and our own power, and we hate to wait. You know, for example, you know, how many times can you remember when you're in a situation and maybe it's not a good situation and you don't know what to do and your buddy grabs you by the shoulders and shakes you and says, dude, just trust me. Is that ever a good thing? Are you always like, well, yeah, let's just do this thing. If there's doubt and they're gonna tell you to trust them, it's probably bad. Even worse than trusting is waiting. How many of you love to wait? Not one hand. <laughs> how many of you been to the doctors, and oh, forgive me, Dr. Dan, you ever been to the doctors, and your appointment's at 10.30, and they put you in the little, the little room, how I many of you know the little room I'm talking about, and it's 11.15, And they tell you, the doctor will be in shortly. You've know you been there for a half an hour waiting. How many of you love to wait there your whole day? 45 minutes, actually. We don't like to wait. We don't like either one of those things. But what's weird is this. Those are the two components that God tells us through his word that we need to keep hope alive and active in our lives. We have to be able to trust him. We have to be able to wait on his timing. Both things that we hate. So how does that activate hope in our lives? Let's talk about trusting first. As believers, learning to trust God will take your entire life. It will. You will never fully trust God until the day you die. It's kind of like sanctification. The day you become perfectly like Christ is the day you cross this shore and you go into the next life. Trusting is the same way. Why do we struggle to trust completely? Because you're human. That means with our humanity comes brokenness. Frailty, with our brokenness comes doubt. Has anybody here ever doubted before? Doubting is not a sin. When you doubt, you pray, Lord, help me with my unbelief. All of us have unbelief. So we're going to work out what it means to trust God until the time that we die. Now, trusting is not easy for us as people. Why? Because we have learned that sometimes people are not trustworthy. Trustworthy. And what we do is we will ascribe the elements of people to God sometimes. We learn from a very young age that people aren't trustworthy. Has anybody in here ever been deceived by somebody? Has anybody in this room ever been betrayed? Has anybody in this room ever had the bait and the switch? Right? It starts as young children. You know, we experience this as little kids sometimes. We've been let down. We, we have our issues with trust. They start when we're little. It kind of reminds me of this. Take a look at this. <laughs> see you wonder where your trust issues come from I can relate a lot of my trust issues from the first time my parents served me liver my dad called it baby beef you know what he was a liar (laughs) Uh, baby beef is terrible stuff make us eat organs right terrible stuff can you relate to being deceived like that I know we all bring trust issues to the table understand this beloved The God that we serve as believers, it's important we remember this. God is not like us. He's not. He doesn't operate with the same brokenness that we do. God is completely trustworthy. His ways are not our ways. He's dependable. He just operates differently. This is what Psalm 910 says. For everyone who knows your wonderful name keeps putting their trust in you. They can count on you for help no matter what. Oh Lord, you will never, no, never neglect those who come to you. Psalm 37, four says this, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust him and he will act. I love that. He'll bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. So God can be trusted with every aspect of your life. Now, it's easy for us to trust when things are clear and you could see everything. You know, I love GPS because GPS gives me an idea when I'm driving. I have an idea of where I'm going, right? But how many of you remember life before GPS? And there was uncertainty as you're looking through the map. That's, you know, it's amazing to me. They could fold a map that could fit in your glove compartment, but when you unfold it, it's 20 foot wide and 15 foot long. You know what I mean? It's just nuts. You know, when the, the day is bright, it's easy to get to where you're going. But when there's fog and when there's night... When uncertainty hits, it's hard to trust sometimes when you can't see. And it's sometimes in that place where it's a little murky and foggy that we like to help God out when it comes to trusting. You know, Lord, I trust you, uh, but let me help you out. Or we want to kind of taste God just a little bit instead of trusting Him wholeheartedly. It's like, you know, putting your toe in the water of the pool. How many people do we have here that you like to just jump right into the water? How many people are you gonna put your toe in to see the temperature? And then you go from toe to ankle, ankle to knee, then you kind of squeeze into the water, right? We like to do that with God sometimes. We like to put our little toe in, and then we pull it back, and then we put it in, we pull it back. It's like the hokey pokey, right? You know, Lord, can, can you really be trustworthy? And what happens is this. When you kind of trust God, you can tell because you don't operate in peace, you carry burdens that you're never supposed to carry, And you just walk through situations in ways that you're not supposed to walk through. And then we question God. God, I don't understand. What's the problem? This is why we struggle, because you're not trusting God completely. When you trust God completely, we get a benefit of peace, confidence, faith. He gives us those things. But sometimes we don't trust Him completely. And we get weary. We try to help God out with his job. Think about that. Lord, let me help you out a little bit with the plans and the purposes for my life. So um, one of the things, I, 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 I have this little, maybe it's a problem, I don't know. Um, I enjoy arcade games. You know, I'm a 70s, 80s kid. Remember when the arcades, we were, we were there when the arcades were born. Ready, one word, pong. That's all I'm gonna say. but we thought pong was magical. It's on the TV, whoa, right? So um, over the years, I've been able to slowly collect some video games, and we have a little arcade that's in our basement. You have to go down there and play games for free. So I'm always looking for games. Well, just a few weeks ago, I, I, I found a couple racing games called Cruisin' World. And they're, they're big and they're old, they got the big tubes and stuff like that. And, and I bought them from this guy and we had to move them from his house, which was really nice, into my house, which is small. And we had to get, it was just, there was an incredible operation. So I started to, to assemble our team of people. I had some technology people because they had to pull these machines apart. I had muscles, so, so we, we had brains. So, so Dawson and Ryan were part of the brains. And we had, we had the bronze, which were, these are the guys that could haul stuff. You know, Chris Coldflesh, Ty. I had a couple guys, too. I had Ben and Toby. That was a third category we didn't come up with yet. Annoying, maybe, the category. I don't know. <laughs> and we had this entire operation to move the, these games into the house. So we get up to the house. We get up to our stairs. I'm in the basement. Tori's with me. Tyler and Toby are on the steps. And they're getting ready to push this game down the steps. You know, carry, I should say, not push it. Carry this game down the steps. It's a heavy game. It's about 350 pounds. So as we get there... Dawson, who's part of the brains of the operation, peeks his head around the corner to me and goes, hey, He goes, do you know what the weight load of those steps is? I said, no. He goes, okay, that's cool. And he walks away, I go, W-w-w-. why did you ask me that question? <laughs> for Dawson to even have the question pop in his head, puts red flags off in my head right away. So I'm thinking, what's the weight load? Is this thing gonna collapse? And I'm watching the boys on the stairs and there's a little bit of give, maybe a little too much give for my, you know, for my pleasure. So I didn't know what to do, I started to freak out. I, I can't believe I did this. I, I, I almost died. I almost died. I walked under the stairs. It's open in the basement. I didn't know what to do. So they're starting to come down the stairs. So I, I just went. <laughs> and I held up the stairs <laughs> as they were coming down at the games. Now, Tori, who's the voice of reason for me, she's like, what are you doing? I said, isn't it obvious I'm holding up the stairs? She goes, if the stairs collapse, you're going to die. You know, and if I'm going to die, I'm going down swinging, baby. You know, a thousand pounds. Ah, where did we find? He went down with a fight. You know what I'm talking about? So I held up the stairs (laughs) until they brought the games down one at a time. when I got down, I was like, okay, got that thing done. And just walked away. Now, what's funny is this. Sometimes we do that with God. Lord, let me help you out with your process. Let me hold up the stairs for you as you plan things out, as you get things done. Do you know what holding, you know what that did, Be holding up the stairs did? Nothing. I exerted energy and didn't change the outcome at all. I was nervous. I carried the burden of these guys could die because Dawson had to bring up the weight load of the stairs. I worried. I extended energy. I extended muscle for no reason because I didn't trust the strength of the stairs. How many situations do you have in your life where you extend energy, burden? You carry things that you're not supposed to carry because you don't trust the strength of your God. Think of the relational situations. Think of the things that you deal with at work. Think of all the things that you come in contact with that if you simply put them in God's hands and you went to bed, he would take care of those things. So why do we struggle to trust sometimes? Well, sometimes it's because we're not sure if God's gonna come through for us. Sometimes we're not sure that God's gonna come through in the way we want him to come through. Have you ever been there? You know, God, I need you to do this for me. And if you did it this way, that would be great. You now maybe you've prayed this prayer before. Lord, I saw that the Powerball is up to like a bazillion dollars. If you give me those numbers, I promise I will give you 10% of the winnings. Now, we don't give them 10% of what we do now, but when you get all that money, everything will change. Right? Right? Some of you are like, oh, pastor, don't say that. Trust. We trust God completely with everything. When you trust God, that he'll take care of everything, beloved, you feel it practically. You get peace. You feel his pleasure. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Everybody say all. All. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. What does that mean? God will take care of everything if you trust him with everything. Are you struggling to hope this morning? The first element of hoping is trusting God completely. If you've lost hope today, I want to encourage you. Let me encourage you with this. Get super close to God again. Super close. Give him everything. Say, Lord, I'm yielding everything that I am to you. I'm trusting you. And I promise you this, hope will start to bubble in your soul again. We start to lose hope when we start to get focused on all the bad things. God doesn't want you focused on the problems. He wants you focused on the solution, which is him. What good is worrying about the problem? Doesn't help at all, right? Make a decision today to be all in. Some of you today, you've got specific situations. You've got to get your hands off the situations. You've got to take your hands off the stairs. You're not helping God out at all. In fact, sometimes God's waiting for you to take your hands off the stairs so he can act. Capiche so we trust. The second thing we do is this, we wait. Now, trusting is tough, right? But waiting stinks. Doesn't it stink? Waiting is the worst. How many of you like to wait? We don't like to wait, right? The only time I like to wait, I'll be honest with you, is sometimes I like the anticipation of like, like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. You get the smells in the air. There's an anticipation, like, "Oh, this is going to be good." But there's a threshold where we move from anticipation to, "Is it done yet?" If we don't move into the, "Is, is it on the table yet?" Then we get cranky. Anybody here ever get cranky because they don't? You got to get one of those Snickers bars, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? We don't like to wait. We live in an instant world that struggles to wait. We've got Instapots. We've got fast food. I did it as a true story. I ordered something from Amazon a couple weeks ago and it came there before the end of the day. How do you order something online and you get it before the day's over? That's not pizza. How does that happen? What are they doing? Do they have elves running around in the Amazon thing? How does that happen? It's not like it used to be. Now, some of you, you know, you've done all your shopping online and all that stuff. You know, back in the day when I grew up, you go to the store. If it wasn't in the store, they had to order it. Or if there was something that was crazy, we had these things called catalogs. How many remember the Sears catalog? You go through the catalog, right? And you'd order stuff, you'd have to pay shipping and handling, you'd send the stuff off, six to eight weeks later your stuff would get there, and nine times out of 10 you were disappointed because it wasn't what you thought it would be, right? When I was a kid we had two, we didn't have all the video games, well we had arcade games, but we had these things called comic books. And in all the comic books they would do these little ads and I still remember the first time I really tasted disappointment when it came to ordering something. I was reading the end of my comic book and they had these amazing creatures that you could get in the comic book. They were, they were these. They were called sea monkeys. <laughs> How many of you in this room had sea monkeys? Look at, the, look at the ad. It says this, enter the wonderful world of amazing live sea monkeys. Look at the bottom thing. It says, own a bowl full of happiness. Instead of, Who doesn't want a bowl full of happiness? Right? <laughs> And then this is what got me. They're so eager to please, they can even be trained. Did you know you could train a sea monkey? I mean, look at that. They're looking at, they're having, they're looking at the family, looking at the sea monkeys. Everything's great. So I still remember, I took my little coupon out. I, took, I actually put money in the mail and it got there and came back. I don't know why. think it was like a dollar or something like that. Put it in there, put a stamp on it, and I waited for my sea monkeys to come to the house. And I waited for this, but then the sea monkeys came and they looked like, you can go to the next slide. They looked like that. You can't train that. That is not a bowl full of happiness. It is not. And I remember you put the packet in the water, right? you put the, and they stunk. My mom was like, what's that smell? I said, it's happiness, mom. It's happiness in a bowl. And I realized at that moment, I've been deceived, right? I waited like eight weeks to be ultimately disappointed, right? We don't like to wait. We struggle to wait sometimes because we really believe in our heart Sometimes God's promises are more like sea monkeys than promises. We're not sure if they're going to come true, so we struggle to wait. We do, because we don't want to be disappointed. But you got to understand this, beloved. Part of the process of waiting, God allows us to wait to strengthen us and to prepare us and to give us the things that we need so that we can carry what he wants us to carry. There is purpose in the waiting. There's purpose in the pain there is. If you don't allow God to develop in you strength and maturity, then you won't be able to carry his gifts without them destroying you. You can't carry God's power without having God's character. If you do, the power will destroy you. You can't carry God's heart without having an understanding of who he is, his character. Or the weight of those things will just make you collapse. It's this this cycle The waiting helps us to understand who God really is. God's more interested in who we're becoming than uh, just us being relieved from our temporary pain. Sometimes God will use the waiting to kind of just change our perspective so God could show us what He really wants to do in our lives. And you've heard me talk about this before. But you can't know God as your healer until you're sick, you can't know God as your provider until you're in need. You can't know God as your peace until you've been troubled. Does that make sense? So we want to know who he is, but we don't want to walk the road that it takes to understand who he is. Part of the waiting process for us is time for the Holy Spirit to develop in us the things that we need so that we can become the people that he wants us to be. It's not just about instant relief from our problems. God wants to use those things in our lives that make us wait to form character and to teach us dependence on him. It's in the waiting, it's in the struggle that God forms in us and makes us the person he wants us to be. So in the middle of the waiting, God, uh, he plants a seed. And that seed takes root in our heart. It germinates. It starts to grow. It starts to take root. And that seed draws us to who he wants us to be. It draws us to that next thing. It does. And what's funny is this the trials and the messiness of life, they act like fertilizer and they feed that seed of hope. And if you trust it, and if you wait and you trust that process, God will build and will form those things in you, and you'll be mature and you'll be able to carry everything that God wants you to carry because you carry it correctly. Have you ever tried to carry something and you're carrying it the wrong way? And you're like, man, what's going on? Moving people, and they, you know, real movers, they know how to move stuff without breaking their backs. I've been at the tree cell for the last two days. And I forgot to take my ibuprofen smoothie before I came in today. <laughs> and I could, I mean, it's just, it's bad. That's all I'm going to say. This is what Romans says about waiting and about hope. It says, our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. Look at verse three. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character and proven character leads back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our heart through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Hope is not a fairy tale. That process of waiting, the pressures of life, bringing things to the surface, gives us again the ability to have access to hope. Waiting doesn't push God further away. It doesn't mean that he hasn't heard you. When we wait, we give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to to pressurize our hearts and to bring to the surface the enemies of hope, fear, doubt, all of those things. God loves to put you right in the middle of of your, your stuff, your trials to create that pressure so he can make you the way that he wants you to be. So that means this, because God is good. Everything that you've ever walked through, every pain that you've ever felt, all of those things that you've experienced, God can use all those things when he pressurizes your heart and he can bring about his goodness and his purposes in your life if you let him. Romans eight twenty eight puts it this way. We are confident that God is able to orchestrate everything to work together towards something good and beautiful when we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, but they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and they won't faint. There's something powerful that happens when we wait. Sometimes we just run and we don't wait. We get anxious and we don't wait. So do me a favor. Shut your eyes for a second. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Some of you right now are in the middle of sticky situations. Sticky situations. Right now, put those things in God's hands. Ask Him. Say, Lord, will you help me? Help me to trust you completely. Lord, help me to wait. Let the Holy Spirit fill you with peace. For some of you today, He's given you divine strategies on what He wants you to do. For some of you, He wants you to do more. For others, He wants you to do less. Listen. Feel this peace. Feel this peace as you wait. Okay, let's bring this thing home. When we trust and when we wait, the Holy Spirit activates hope in our lives again. Restores hope. Romans 15, 13 says this. Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you with overflowing, uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust him. May the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. His heart is that we radiate with hope. We take it everywhere we go. That's what Christmas is all about. Bringing light back into darkness. Saying, beloved, I know it's tough now, but good times are coming. God has a plan. He's got a plan for my life and if he's a plan for my life, he's a plan for your life. So in a second, we're going to pray. And if you're here and you're down and you're struggling to hope, we're going to pray with you. We're going to pray that God would restore hope. We know that we have hope now because not only did Jesus come over 2,000 years ago as a baby, but we also know that he came here strategically on a mission to save us. Chip mentioned it earlier, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. He started his mission and he completed it with the cross. So I thought it'd be very fitting today if we took communion together. So if you have your elements, get your elements out. If you don't have an element, they're on the back table. You can run up there, grab your elements real quick. If you're watching online at home, this is a great time to get your elements. So we're gonna take communion together and then Pastor Tricia's gonna come up and we're gonna pray. <clears throat> With Christ came the return of hope. It wasn't what people expected. Kind of like us, they're kind of like us. They expected Jesus to be something. And Jesus, just like He does with us, turned their expectations on their head. We had a limited view of what we thought He was going to come to do, He had an eternal view of what he knew he'd come to do. And today we get to celebrate that. Now, Trinity, as long as you're a believer, you're more than welcome to uh, have communion with us. You don't have to be a member of our church to have communion. This is 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three. 23 says this, for I received from the Lord on the, uh, what I also deliver, delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. Thank God for his broken body given for us. There's no greater love than this, that a man lays down his life for his friends. He did that for us and we do that for others. Verse 25 says this, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's take the cup together. Father, we thank you for your, uh, for your blood that was shed for us. Because you finished your mission, we experience the resurgence of hope. Now, right now, I don't know the condition of your heart today as you're here. But I can encourage you with this. The living God is here this morning. And he's here to meet with you. If you're here and you've lost hope, we're here to pray with you today. So I just want you right now just to shut your eyes. Allow the Holy Spirit to prepare your heart. So you'll have the ability to trust and to wait on him. So just take a minute and just listen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Community Church podcast. We hope this met you exactly where you are. To learn more about us, head to our website at tccde.com or follow us on social media at Trinity Community Church. TCC, a home for you.